Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a wonderful football Wednesday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. It is you. And it is the BetQL Network, and we will be simulcast for the next couple hours by our friends at Stadium. For people watching us right now on Stadium, shout out to you. We very much appreciate it. And for everyone that listens to the show on Spotify, uh, thank you very much. Everyone sending us there, like the the, the the wrapped year, whatever year end. People listening to us for obscene amounts of time this year. Like, thank you very much. We sincerely appreciate it. Like, More that, than 10,000 really awesome. minutes. The number one person. So it says what percentile fan you're in of the show. Okay. And we got somebody that spent like 7,500 minutes or something. And I was like, God, that's like so much. And it was like, yeah, you're in the top like 4%. So who's in the top 1%? And then somebody sent theirs and it was like 11.5. And they were in the top like 0.05%. So that's like our super duper fans. They're like over, they got the 10K challenge, something like that. Wasn't that a challenge? Here's, here's a, I, no. What was it? It was a ten to ten k, right? You made like fifteen oh, yeah, bucks. Even, we did this yes. on the show. I, honestly, I, yeah, I, I regret asking the question. Is, now that's that's our ten k challenge. Listen yeah. to us talk for that long. So you and said we that, make and I'm like, I was like, how many, how many steps do I walk in a day? Like, it's ten thousand. Uh, yeah. Um, serious question. I I like I got married this summer. I took a lot of time off, as as per usual in the summer. Time to hashtag teachers hours. Did like the 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 biggest you better you bet super fan listen to the show for more minutes than I hosted this year or this pet like in two thousand twenty three. I don't. I can't do the math that fast on on anything. Also, like for in order to do this, I would have to figure out like how many shows we did. And that would depress me greatly. <laughs> okay, so let's just, you like, know what, let's just, we'll move on here. We'll move on, we'll get to the guests here. Dude, like, oh, you guys did 192 shows last year. <laughs> I'd make that, what's that, where's that Mark Sanchez noise? That's what I, uh, we played last You remember hour. Fire Fire Me last week from the Beatles? This would be, kill yeah. me, kill me. <laughs> Uh, Brian Balding, our Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, stops by in 20 minutes. Colin Wilson, Eric Eager, Will Brinson, next hour on the show. Power hour, final hour, all our bets for tonight. If you're watching us on Stadium, we're going to get you set to bet and win coming up this weekend on the National Football League and college football. And one of the best guests to make that happen for us is our friend, pro sports better, the great Rob Pizzola. Uh, coming off a great week betting in the National Football League. Rob on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. His sports betting content company is The Hammer. We encourage people to check them out on Twitter and their YouTube channel as well at the Hammer HQ. I, I check out the uh, the Sunday night show that Rob does with his partner, Clive Bixby, breaking down like the lines uh, for, for the coming week. I think they do a really great job. We'd urge people to check that out. It's good stuff. And Rob's sports betting podcast, Circles Off. Find it wherever you find your podcast. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Uh, congratulations on a winning week. How's it going? It's going well. It's always going well after a winning week and all miserable after a losing week. That's just I wear my emotions on my sleeves quite a bit. But uh, 
it's kind of sad that we're in week 13 is it not like i was looking up i'm looking up today no. and i'm like i'm you know, no, it's well, not sad. Not sad. No. I, I heard no. your intro. Please I heard your intro. Up. Yeah, but like, I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to get to playoffs soon or anything like that. I, I feel like I need more season. But anyways, we're here now. Rob, I, I know this game isn't on your list. So if you want to give me just like a quick answer here, I just think people would be curious. You're you're a Cowboys fan and they're they're rolling a little bit here. There's a little momentum for Dak MVP, which would make some of us on the show a lot of money if it would end up happening. He's like five, six to one now. Third choice in the market. They're a big favorite tomorrow night against Seattle. They opened like seven, seven and a half, got out to like nine, nine and a half. High total. Do you, do you like your side, your team in that game tomorrow night at all? Think they can kind of blow the doors off another team? This could be a quick answer if you don't have a bet. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't bet Seattle. Uh, it's not in range for me to bet Dallas, but I'm much closer to betting Dallas than it is Seattle. Um, you guys know that I'm big into matchups in the NFL, and I think it's been talked about enough at this point, but Geno Smith versus man coverage ever since he went back into a starting role has been really bad, and he has a ton of turnover-worthy plays against man. This is the wrong defense to be facing if you suck against man and you have a lot of turnover-worthy plays against man. So uh, it's a Dallas or nothing thing for me. Kind of missed the boat on the teaser season that everyone else might have got involved with a little bit earlier, so... I'm hoping for a little bit of Seattle buyback because, uh, I mean, candidly, I would absolutely love to be holding a Cowboys-Jaguars teaser this week. Like, I, I think that that is close to the nuts for a teaser in the NFL. I I, I kind of think both teams are just going to win by 100, both of them. I, I'm probably going to bet both of them straight, but I love, love the teaser thought as well. All right, Rob, let's get to some of the games that you will be betting this week. Uh, let's start with the, uh, the the Chargers and the Patriots in Foxborough, where, just like the news with the Patriots today, and Ken and I will talk about this later in the show, Mac, Mac Jones didn't participate uh, in practice. It was Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham taking all the reps. So, I I mean, to me, this means Zappi's going to start, and like Cunningham will probably play in like a couple packages, and Mac Jones will maybe be inactive, be the third with the emergency quarterback, whatever. Chargers a six. The betting market didn't move on this news. Chargers a six-point road favorite. Total in the game is forty-one. Rob, anything for you with the Chargers and the Pats? Yeah. So there was some a little bit of over money today. I don't know why the total of this game starts with a four instead of a three. Personally, the Patriots don't score on anybody. They don't. Like they just can't. They're incapable. The Giants' defense in London, it was the or Frankfurt, it was the Colts' defense. They cannot move the ball. And not only that, but now they've turned the ball over a couple of times last week. Clutch key turnovers. What do you think Belichick is going to do this week? You think he's going to come out with Bailey Zappi and he's going to gun the ball all over? They're going to run 100 times this week against the Chargers and just pray to God that they are able to break something. And I honestly don't think it's going to happen all that much. The Chargers are going to play them that way. The other side of the ball, Chargers offense is so limited now. It's incredibly limited. Not only is it like Mike Williams out on IR and what just like lack of secondary option outside of Keenan Allen, who, by the way, Bill Belichick's going to have two guys on Keenan Allen for the entirety of this game. And it's like, make someone else beat me. Who's going to do it? I mean, Austin Eckler looks like Trent Richardson in his prime right now. A guy can't move out there. They do not have any skill players. So I'm a little bit confused. There's the possibility of rain as well, which might, I mean, make me like the under a little bit more, even if it happens. But I, I, I don't know, 41 under to me, if, 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 if I'm going to get beat by one of these teams putting up a ton of points, then so be it. But I, I think this is a bad number. 
Rob, uh, Carolina Tampa, I think fits the same description as this Chargers Patriots game, right? A, a game where you go, your first thought is like, really? Like that's the that big of a number with these two teams involved? And then you kind of pause, you go, yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess that actually kind of has to be the number in the game because the opponent's so bad. Patriots have obviously had a, a rough season. And the Carolina Panthers have had a really rough season. Tampa hosting Carolina. Tampa is a five. To be fair, this was six and a half at open. Five and a half point home favorite. And this total does start with a three. Uh, 37. What are we looking at here with the uh, the Bucks and the Panthers? So full disclosure, haven't bet the game yet, but I'm going to tell you my th- thought process on this game. I think at some point Carolina is going to take money in this game because of the likelihood of a bunch of defensive players returning. J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin, possibly C.J. Henderson as well. You have the coach angle with like the dead cat bounce in one week. You have Baker Mayfield sporting an ankle injury. Todd Bull says he's going to play, but that's all out there as well. So I think at some point or another in the news cycle this week, Carolina is going to take money. And depending on where we get to, I'm going to like the Bucks. This to me is very similar to Carolina, Tennessee from a week ago where we know that Carolina is not going to score. They're not going to move the ball. I don't care who the coach is. We saw a new play caller earlier this year. They don't have it. They don't have the O-line. They don't have the running game. They don't have the skill position players, and they certainly don't have the quarterback. So they're not going to score. Is Tampa going to light the world on fire with their passing attack? No, but Carolina's primarily a cover three defense. They play it at a top three rate in the league. This is what they like to put out on the field, no matter who's healthy and who's not. And Baker Mayfield's actually top five EPA for play against cover three this year. It's one of the defenses that he's absolutely torched. I'm not suggesting he's going to kill it, but I think something in the range of 20 to 10, 23, 10, 23, 13, that type of scoreline is very reasonable in this game. So I'm waiting up, waiting it out here, but I have my eyes and I'm looking for the right buy-in on, on the Buccaneers. You better, you better here with Nick and Ken on a wonderful football Wednesday. Happy to be talking week 13 in the NFL with our good friend, pro sports better Rob Bazola. He's on Twitter at his name, at Rob Bazola. Check out the hammer at the hammer HQ on Twitter and Rob sports betting podcast circles off. Rob, let's go to the Garrow Premium Bowl with the Dolphins and the Commanders in our nation's capital. Miami, a nine-and-a-half-point road favorite in this game. Total is 50. Jack Del Rio fired. Hashtag make the Commanders defense great again. What do we have here with the Dolphins and the Commies? Yeah, have you seen the, the Commanders' defensive personnel? Nobody's make You could bring God himself to, to be the defensive coordinator, and they're going to give up 35 points this week unless it's a torrential downpour. Uh, it's a high total for 2023 NFL. I actually still don't think it's high enough. Now, the caveat here is you actually do have to monitor the weather on a lot of these East Coast games this week. It's supposed to rain in Washington. From what I see, it's going to be like light to moderate rain. It shouldn't be anything that's too bad. But Miami's going to score on this defense. They do not generate pressure. They've traded away their pass rushers. Their secondary sucks, and they're playing a bunch of man coverage against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell against a quarterback that's cooked man coverage this year. It's not going to end well. I'm a little bit higher on Washington's offense than a lot of other people are. I know they only had a 10-point output against Dallas last week. Tough spot. Dallas generated a lot of pressure. The Jalen Phillips injury matters here in terms of Miami's ability to generate pressure in this game. But I do like some of the matchup advantages. And Sam Howell, to me, everyone's very divided on him. I actually think he looks a lot better than people have been giving him credit for over the last three or four weeks. He's been a little bit quicker to throw. He's still going to take some sacks because the O-line is bad. But if you put him in a game state where he's trailing by a bunch against the Miami defense, I actually like their opportunity to score. So I think 50 is a little bit low here. My number was 51 and a half. I like the over in this game. 
Rob, we only talked about like one game basically, and it moved in the first hour because we were talking about a bunch of other stuff, college football, et cetera. And we just reported the the Browns quarterback news that came out today. And it's not like it doesn't concretely say anything. It's just DTRs and concussion protocol. And if he's not, if he does not clear protocol in time, that Joe Flacco will start on Sunday against the Rams. And the market for this game has been really interesting because of the Miles Garrett injury and all these injuries that the Browns have and the quarterback news. And, you know, Rams have some injuries of their own, to be fair. The Rams are currently a three and a half point favorite and the total Actually, now that I think about it, it might be even high. 40 is the total in the market right now. Another total that starts with a four that maybe shouldn't. But the Browns defense, uh, what do we make of this game? You, you hit the nail on the head, uh, Ken. I, I think right the last second, a little bit high. At the gun, I figured yep. it out. Yeah. You know what? It, it, obviously, Miles Garrett matters. I'm not going to pretend like he doesn't. And and my let's say the amount of money I have on this game on the under is going to depend on his status and whether or not he's in there. Joe Flacco, likely going to start taking the first team reps. What that tells me, honestly, is that they just don't want like the crazy turnovers that PJ Walker or DTR have given them in recent weeks. They just want a presence that can manage the game. I like to bet unders when there's a guy that's trying to manage the game, a guy that's trying to pick up five yards on third and 10 so that they have more room to punt and they can play the field position type of game. So there's that. The Rams, on the other side of things, Matt Stafford, low-key for several years, has been terrible against man coverage. And you would think you got Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua. These are guys that can beat man, but they've been horrible beating man coverage this year when they've all been on the field together. Cleveland Browns play the highest rate of man coverage in the entire league. What does Matt Stafford also struggle with? Pressure. That's why I'd really like Miles Garrett to play because Cleveland can get after him. But I I know everyone's like, oh, the Browns defense, it doesn't travel well. They, and, and that's true. It's been worse on the road. But I think there's enough stylistic matchups that favor them very heavily in this game where I agree, Ken. I don't think the first number on this total should be a four. So I like the under in this one as well. Rob, we got about a minute to go here for thoughts you have coming up Monday Night Football in Jacksonville. The Jaguars, eight and a half point favorites against Jake Browning and the Bengals. The total is 38. The market valuation on the Bengals is wrong. They are way worse than they are being valued right now. Like they are low key Carolina Panthers, New York Giants territory. If you check out Unpredictable and check out the NFL market ratings, they're being valued as the 24th best team in the NFL. No. No, 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 no. Without Burrow, they are not. It, that number has to start with a three. They do not have a defense. Their defense got burned for 400 yards by the Steelers last week who hadn't had a 400-yard game in 59 games. Their defense is not good. All their offensive yardage came off of all these tips and deflections that were like landing in their receivers' hands. I think they are going to get absolutely railroaded in this game. I like the Jaguars any way you can. Minus eight and a half, teaser legs. And I will be betting alternate lines on this game as well. This has the makings of of an absolute drubbing, in my opinion. And Trevor Lawrence, obviously, is like looks back to form the last couple of weeks. I agree with Rob 100% on the Jaguars. Rob, let's close with this. In like 15 to 20 seconds, just I think people will be interested on your take, the biggest game of the week. San Francisco, like in between a two-and-a-half and a, a three-point road favorite at the Eagles. Like any, any, Even if you don't have a bet on the game, any thoughts here? In like 20 seconds, Niners and Eagles. Yeah, I, I bet the over in this game. I gave it out on forward progress about an hour ago, and it immediately steamed on air while I was giving out the play. I think that there's going to be, again, weather game, but San Fran offense against these Philadelphia linebackers, they're going to score. And Philly, when trailing, they play fast, they move the ball. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game.
All right, good stuff there from Rob. Rob on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. Uh, circles off, and the hammer at the Hammer HQ on Twitter. My friend, we appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with the bets. Stay well, and we will uh, catch up with you next week here on the show. Thanks, guys. Good luck this week. Our friend Rob Pizzola joining us. A couple of total plays from Rob. I got to tell you, that, yeah. that Patriots-Chargers total is an absolute banger, that under. Char- did, did you Chargers do that thing offense? where it was like a holiday, and you were like thinking you had to say something different other than see you next week, but now we're back to see you next week with everybody? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, honestly, I think it's just like thing or November. It's just like it's November. I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah. Brian Baldinger coming up next. Merry Christmas. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. All right, good stuff from our pal Rob Bazzola, Pro Sports Better in the last segment. Some food for thought there on some of the totals that Rob was betting. I don't know if the bets are going to win, but I got to say, I agree with the thought process there, especially that under in the Patriots-Chargers game. I mean, Chargers, everyone's talking about how bad the Patriots offense is. I get it. That Chargers offense right now, Herbert's great. They got absolutely no juice on that offense right now for Kellen Moore and the Los Angeles Chargers. Ken and I will talk more about the line movement week 13 in the NFL coming up 20 minutes from now and strewn throughout the show. College football to start next hour ahead of conference championship weekend with our pal Colin Wilson. Eric Eager still to come. Will Brinson still to come. Power Hour, Final Hour, all our bets for tonight, and golf bets coming up this weekend for the Hero World Challenge. But joining us right now to talk Week 13 in the National Football League, one of our absolute favorites, that's Odyssey Sports NFL insider, the great Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, The Best Football Show. And I think it's like the best name for a show ever. The Best Football Show, featuring daily breakdowns of the most important storylines around the National Football League. Baldy, of course, on Twitter with hashtag Baldy's Breakdowns, at BaldyNFL. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Week 13 in the NFL to you and yours, and hope you and your family had a terrific Thanksgiving. Yeah, sure did. Uh, right back at you, Nick, Ken. Good to be with you guys, as always, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, like everybody else, for some of the big games this weekend. And Baldy, two, two teams that we watched play on Thanksgiving uh, will play on Thursday night. Why don't we start there? Like, obviously, Eager, Eagles Niners, a huge game, other big games on Sunday. But Thursday night, Dallas hosts Seattle. And kind of like the talk of, like, I, you know, follow a lot of NFL reporters, people that talk about the NFL. A lot of discussion this week about, like, Dak Prescott and how good his numbers have been. Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show saying, like, he's the quarterback that he like, you know, thinks he's playing the best right now, like has a savant level understanding of a playing quarterback. So just like a lot of Dak and Cowboys offense buzz going into a game where they're a really big favorite body. They're a nine point favorite at home against a Seahawks team that may end up making the playoffs if they can get through a rough stretch. The total's very high, 47 and a half. Could you see this as another Cowboys blowout on Thursday night when Dallas takes on Seattle? Mm, I don't think so. I think it's a better opponent than what they've seen. I know Seattle hasn't played real well, didn't play well against 49ers, I think Geno Smith, you know, getting healthier, as I've, as I've heard this week, should help. They're, they're a well-coached team. They're young. Uh, they've drafted well. I expect them to, uh, to play well on Thursday night, short week, um, although, you know, they, they both had seven days. But, look, I mean, Dak is playing good. He's playing good, and the offensive line is playing really well, and they've, they're healthy, and that's helped, and Dak's movement has been really, really good. Uh, they're not a, a man-to-man team in Seattle. They're a zone team. And so it's you got to kind of attack differently. Some of these teams like Washington on Thanksgiving play man-to-man, and the Cowboys just torched them. And, uh, you know, it was just ugly. But I, I think Seattle 
has a very good secondary. They've got a lot of speed. I think this game will be closer than what the line suggests right now. All right, so Baldy, I think, is the first guest we've had on the show this week. They're kind of making the case for Seattle to keep the game pretty close coming up on Thursday night on the road at the Dallas Cowboys. Baldy, we'll turn our attention to Sunday now. I know you'll be on the call of the Dolphins-Commanders game. We'll get to that in a little bit here, but let's start here with Philadelphia and San Francisco. And uh, if you haven't seen the point spread, Baldy, I'm curious if you'll be surprised by it. San Francisco has been bet out all the way to basically almost a three-point road favorite at the Eagles. Now, we don't know the status right now of uh, Philly star left tackle, uh, right tackle Lane Johnson, obviously, for this game. Um, Philly basically doesn't lose, and they might be a three-point home underdog come Sunday, like a full three-point home underdog. So the Niners are road favorite here. What do you think we see coming up on Sunday in Philadelphia with the uh, Niners and the Eagles? Well, I'm pretty sure Lane Johnson's playing. Um, uh, you, you, you know, but regardless, I mean, I just think San Francisco – is playing much better football than Philadelphia. The record doesn't really mean anything. Yes, they found ways to win. I saw them against Buffalo last week. Really, you know, Buffalo could have won. Um, Dallas could have won. I mean, Philly's finding ways. So it's, but they don't, you know, Philly goes to sleep for long stretches of a time during games, offensively and defensively. They've been awful on third down defensively. Uh, showed up again last week against Buffalo. And San Francisco just doesn't hold, have holes in their team. Like that, I think you know these people that set the line. I think they got it right. San Francisco, to me, looks like a better team. They play. They they start faster. They execute better. They don't wait for heroics, fifty-nine yard field goals. You know, with twenty seconds to go to get to overtime. They they don't generally play like that. They got through the rough patch, um, you know, a month ago, and I think they're on a stretch right now where, you know, I think they have a chance to be the number one seed. I think that's probably in the back of their minds. Baldy, uh, another team. So we've talked about Dallas already. We just talked about San Francisco and Philadelphia. Interesting thought there. Like, you know, Philadelphia's record is one thing, but like if you watch the two teams play, maybe San Francisco really is that much better. And, and better is kind of feeling that way too. Uh, another NFC team that kind of seemed like they were in the same tier, right? San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas. The Detroit Lions going into last Thursday. I mean, we were talking about number one seed. We were talking about Dan Campbell for coach of the year. Like a lot of kind of feel good vibes, even though they had just come off a narrow escape over the Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just, they don't just lose to Green Bay. I mean, they really get outplayed and like blown out for a, a big part of the game by the Packers. So, all right, like what what line, what what are the Lions? Is it the team that beat the Chiefs on opening night? Is it the defense the last month? All of this kind of mixed together. And Baldy, they go to New Orleans to take on the Saints and a really interesting point spread here as well. The Lions are four-point road favorites. Again, coming off a loss to the Packers at home uh, and the total in the game is 46. What do you make of kind of the Lions struggles the last month? Could you see them winning by margin in this game? Well, they've turned it over eight times in their loss, uh, in their victory against Chicago and their win against Green Bay. That you're not winning any games against anybody turning it over eight times. So they've got to stop that. And I don't know if they're going to stop it. I mean, Jared Goff hadn't lost a fumble all year, and then he lost three against Green Bay. So, you know, they're turning it over too many times. They're not a good defense. And so I think that's been their Achilles heel. Green Bay picked them apart. Um, you know, they took care of Aiden Hutchinson. They said, like, nobody else really scares us, and nobody scared Green Bay. And Jordan Love had a great day. The Saints are a mess offensively. I mean, pick a game, any game. Last week, you know, I mean, the, the pick six to Jesse Bates was just a terrible throw. But, you know, the, Derek Carr's made that type of throw before. And defensively, although they're taking the ball away, and they're still statistically, you know, a good team, 
they've lost some really good players. I mean, to have Marshawn Lattimore, Alante Taylor, I mean, these are really good corners, and they're a big press man coverage team. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how deep they are at that position, to be honest with you. Paulson Debo has played well, but, I mean, I, I don't know how deep you got to get to line up with some of the guys and play the same style of defense. I, I feel like Detroit could get back on track in this game only because I haven't seen anything from New Orleans offense, including Alvin Kamara, and because the offense line's not very good. And I can't really point to one thing offensively that they do well, real well. And that's even with Tyra Matthew getting two interceptions last week and giving the ball back to him. They just kind of foiled their opportunities. I like well, Detroit on 10 down there and take care of business. Well, what what they do really well is is check is check the football down, and also like the Saints might not, not have any wide receivers goals. in the game to settle for field goals yeah. with Blake not your average awesome rookie. Uh, yeah. Olave and can go Olave in concussion protocol. Rashid Shahid not going to play. Michael Thomas on IR. This might be At Perry, Keith Kirkwood, and Lynn Bowden as the Saints starting receivers on Sunday. Hashtag I love At Perry, Nick. Well, I, I uh, love At Perry. Like I, I like should, him like too. He's going to blossom. Why did they throw him the ball last week? I don't know. 21, 21 and a half receiving yards. Like, why did the hell didn't they throw this guy the ball? Oh, everyone's playing him in the prop market, and we can't get this guy the ball. You know what we need? We has got to get Dennis. At- All right. Anyway, we'll move on. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken talking the NFL with our good friend Brian Balding, our Odyssey Sports NFL insider on Twitter at Baldy NFL. Yeah, like I, I'd like to see A.T. Perry get the ball more, too, for sure. Uh, Baldy, let's do your game here, and then we'll get to some of the others. Miami, a nine-and-a-half-point road favorite of the Commanders on Sunday, making the defensive coordinator switch. Total in the game is 50. Just worth noting, and we'll see what happens tomorrow and Friday. Um, Tyree Kill officially did not practice today with his ankle injury. I still feel like people feel like he's going to play in the game. Devon Achan limited today in practice. So we'll see about their availability for this game. Do you think the commanders can keep this game close, Baldy? And also, it's a super high total, 50, which feels like 70 in like 2023 in the NFL. High scoring game between the Dolphins and the commanders in the Garoya Premium Bowl? Uh, okay, well, that's good history reference right there. Um, I mean, I think Sam Howell, like he's got no choice but to throw it around the yard. Uh, he'll probably get sacked a bunch. I mean, I, I said last week I thought Miami had a chance to be one of the best defenses in the league, and then they lose Jalen Phillips for a year. I mean, it's going to hurt them a lot. But, you know, they've got Manny Ogba will step in. He's not the same player. They're still very good defensively. Um, you know, I don't know the health of these guys. I know Raheem Mostert's going to run well. Um, he always does, like he did against the Jets. Uh, Tua is an amazing player. Just amazing how quickly he gets rid of the ball, how accurate he is, the touch that he throws with. I mean, I, I think whether Tyreek plays or not, I think the offense will still function pretty good. Um, the, 50, the 50 mark seems pretty high, uh, especially against Miami's defense. But I, I'm okay with that. I just think the Dolphins are going there. and You know, they're, they're at least a touchdown favorite. I don't know what the coaching change is going to do. Ron Rivera, they bring in Jimmy Salgado to be the secondary coach. Ron will call the plays. You know, if they keep playing man coverage the way they are, I don't care who's out there for the Dolphins. They're going to they're gonna win their battles out there. 
Baldy, let's do uh, let's do Jets Falcons next. The Jets obviously were the Dolphins opponent on on Black Friday. Tim Boyle started the game. It did not go particularly well. Miami won the game by margin. A crazy pick six sequence right before halftime. Also, so Miami covers. They win. They're on to play Washington. The Jets and you know like all the news this week is obviously and today is that the, the 21 day practice window open for Aaron Rodgers. Officially, he was listed as limited, but like none of that for our show, Baldy. I mean, obviously it's a big topic for our show. Doesn't really matter. Like he's not playing. Tim Boyle is starting again. And like, I, I kind of can't shake the idea that like the market for this game is basically like pick the winner almost. The Falcons are two and a half point road favorites with Desmond Ritter on the road, to be fair, and a very low total, 34. I mean, like, what do you, what do you make of get, start two for the Jets for Tim Boyle? Like, do, do you do you think it's crazy there's a betting market where it's does he win a start? Yes, no. I think that's kind of nuts. Like, I, I don't think he's going to win a start, maybe ever. I'm with you, Ken. I just don't get it. I mean, I know Zach Wilson was awful. But why is Tim Boyle on the roster? Like, I, he wasn't a good college player. He's never really played. He was terrible against Miami. Like, what confidence does he give anybody? Like, I, I, I just don't get it. Like, I, I could go find your quarterback. Joe Flacco was out there. Flacco, I mean, he got signed. Like, how in the world are they getting to this point? And you could just see, like, the defense played really well on Black Friday for the first half. And they just, they just wear down. You know, there's just guys are sick of losing. Quinn and Williams. I mean, this guy's just sick of losing there, and it's not, it's not all their fault. And so I don't know offensively, like what offensive linemen are going to play. Alan Lazard is a healthy scratch. Who's going to catch the ball for him if they do throw it well? I mean, Atlanta, they have their own problems at quarterback. Uh, like I said two months ago, if you put Tom Brady out of some celebrity function he's at and put him in a uniform they win the division they probably you know are a deep playoff team that's a good roster they showed it last week the way they ran the ball they ran it really really good Bijan and Algier and the offense line played great like they're trying to play and hide their quarterback in Atlanta but they're still I think better than the Jets and so I'll, I'll take the Falcons in this game honestly kind of feels to me like the Jets need to fire their general manager Aaron Rodgers Baldy, give us like 30 seconds on two more games to close here. Two Baldy last one interview. Feel good about that. Baldy, give us like 30 seconds on the Texans and the Broncos, if you'd be so kind. And then I want to get a take for you on the Chiefs and Eagles. We don't have a lot of time left. Houston, a three and a half point home favorite against the surging Broncos, 47 and a half. You think Denver keeps this one closer? CJ Stratton and the Texans win by margin. No, I mean, this is Denver's going to go in there and win this game. They're a better team, they're better coached. Uh, Nothing against D'Amico Ryan's. But defensively, they've got 16 takeaways in their five-game win streak. They're just blasting people and knocking the ball loose. The offensive line has played every single snap together except for five. They're a very coordinated offensive line. The, the Texans lost Titus Howard for a long for the rest of the season. I think Denver is going to be a very tough team to beat down the stretch, and I think they go to Houston to win. Uh, Ken and I both like the Broncos to win the game on Sunday as well, or at least like think they'll cover the spread on Sunday oh, on the please. road in Houston. Pretty please. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, like right. uh, like I'm telling you, like Russell Wilson comeback player of the year. Please pay for all my Christmas gifts this year. That would be great. And Baldy, let's close Sunday night football in Lambeau. Chiefs and the Packers. Where Kansas City just a six point road favorite here. Total is forty two. My opinion, like I I know Jordan Love's been really good. I think this is kind of like a, a different situation here against this defense. I like Kansas City. Baldy, what say you? Casey and Green Bay Sunday night mm. in about thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean, look, Kansas City's defense has carried them this year. And, you know, Kansas City woke up after being down 14 nothing last week, uh, and Mahomes got hot. Um, Green Bay's defense played very, very well, Nick, 
over the last you know six weeks very well. And I think they have a chance to keep the score down. I think Mahomes will find a way. But it won't surprise me to see Green Bay win the game. They're very well coached. Those young players are all improving. But they're going to go up against the best set of corners they've seen. And so I think that's going to be a big difference. I like Kansas City to win the game. Uh, maybe seven points is a little large. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe less than a, than a touchdown. But I like Kansas City to still win. It feels like maybe like a Jaden Reed game for Green Bay coming up with Watson and Dobbs maybe on the outside against those two excellent perimeter cornerbacks. Baldy, maybe you and I will talk about that coming up tomorrow on In the Huddle. Baldy on Twitter at Baldy NFL. Uh, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, my friend. Have a great call of the game this weekend. Safe travels. And uh, we will talk to you next week here on You Better You Bet. Thanks a million, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Have a good one. Uh, the, can I tell you? The great Brian. You got two Baldy. laughs today. Yeah, I got two laughs. You like on two fire. S- Two strong singers everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, really buddy. Good. On the other side, more line movement for Week 13 in the NFL to wrap up our number two. We'll be right back with you. Better you bet. Presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Championship teams. Hurts. Hurts to the end zone, and the Eagles have won it in overtime. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call this past weekend. Game of the year in the National Football League thus far. Philadelphia beating Buffalo in overtime. 37-34. What a football game. Really outstanding. And Philly will play what we think will be another outstanding football game coming up on Sunday. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe betting market seems to think San Francisco is going to win this game. Maybe not handily, but... One-way betting traffic so far with San Francisco and Philadelphia. We'll get to that game in a second and a couple other line moves in the NFL for Week 13. But want to remind our live audience, our friend Colin Wilson joins us in 20 minutes from the Action Network, Big Bets on Campus podcast, giving us bets for Conference Championship Weekend in college football. Eric Eager and Will Brinson coming up next hour. Their NFL bets for Week 13. Power Hour, Final Hour, all our bets for tonight. And golf bets for the weekend. But let's get you up to speed right now on the rest of the line movement coming up this weekend in the National Football League with this edition, gentlemen, of It Moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. It moved. Ah, it hits different on the last Wednesday in November 2023, does it? Uh, Ken, yeah. let's go to Philadelphia and San Francisco. We're like a ball... When Baldy says Lane Johnson's playing in the game, Baldy's well connected to that organization. That means Lane Johnson's playing in the game coming up on Sunday. He said that in the last segment. Uh, Ken, what do we have right now in the betting market? NFC Championship game rematch? NFC Championship game preview? With the Niners and the Eagles. This was uh, a game that moved a lot at Open. And we had... Was it Big Cat yesterday that said he bet the Niners minus one? He was like yep. really proud of that bet because it had aged really well. And he's right. Uh, the opener was Niners minus one, like very small numbers everywhere. And uh, the action was on San Francisco, 
uh, and bet this out to like between two and a half and three. And we've kind of been like bouncing back and forth, depending on the sports book, about whether it's like two and a half juiced heavily to San Francisco or three juiced heavily to the Eagles plus three coming back the other way. And so kind of like depending on the book, like that's what you'll see displayed. It's all kind of about the same, like the difference between two and a half minus 25 and, you know, three minus 20 or whatever. Like we were talking about very small differences. So we've kind of settled into this place between the two numbers. I was just kind of curious and we haven't had like a lot of injury kind of reports and speculation. And we're starting to get injury reports in today from other teams. Nick mentioned Tyreek Hill not practicing. We got a bunch of updates about the Arizona Cardinals um, you know, about t- 10 minutes ago, about p- people not practicing for them, skill position players. We haven't really had anything like notable. So if we're not going to have any notable injury news, my thought is going to be like, this is where we're going to live until we get some notable injury news. Like that's usually how the NFL point spreads and the NFL markets work. There's this initial movement where people bet into openers that they think are off a little bit and think that they can get some closing line value on for low limits and then throughout the week the lines will adjust based on injuries like that's basically how everything moves and uh and if we're not going to get any of that then i think this is just the conversation we're going to have is are you know do we end up going to three like on game day uh if lane johnson plays is there no chance that happens and we just stay in like the one and a half two two and a half range i think this is kind of the market we're going to be talking about all week um because i I don't think we're going to get injury news aside from lane johnson one way or another that may impact that all right, so let's have a conversation then, a Wednesday conversation about what we think's going to happen. So I tell you, Ken, Lane Johnson's going to play. He practices today, whatever, practices on Friday, going to play in the game. What's your best guess as to where we uh, where we close here in this game? Like San Francisco, two and a half. Yeah, I think, I think about this. I think him playing would prevent this from going to a full three. That's how I would look at it. Like, I think if he's, I think if he doesn't play, then like it's all systems go toward three minus 110 in the game for the Niners or more like three minus 15 even or something like that. But I think his presence and his return, this is just my guess, would like stymie that move. Like it would be like, okay, like Philadelphia needs like at least that level of respect in the betting market would at least like maybe prevent people from like being as aggressive on San Francisco. I could be wrong about that. There might be, and you can hear it the way Baldy describes the game too, by the way. There might just be so much damn organic interest in San Francisco in this game that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, just and interest against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, right? Like, it's both. It's yes. not just, like, interest in San Francisco, but wanting to play right. against the Eagles also. Right. No No question. Right. Like, I, that, And that's sort of what I mean, too. You're totally right about that. Where it's, God, the Eagles, they're becoming such a funny team. Like, you look at their record, and you look at the record of the team last year, and I think there's a, there's a tendency to, to be, like, business as usual. Like, this is a team that's insanely talented. You know, sort of tried to replace uh, players on the defensive side of the ball. Like it's Sirianni, it's Hurts, it's new coordinators, but like it's the offensive line and it's AJ Brown and Devontae. But like it's, you know, you know a lot of the names and, you know, the two corners are the same. And so, you know, like I think there's a tendency to be like, well, this is the same team. And a lot of their underlying metrics, a lot of their team profile statistically is just really average. It's just really, really. And I want to really emphasize this. Last year's team, and we've done this on the show before, was like a historically good team, like really one of the best teams in the last 20 years in the NFL, like really was. And it, it gets obscured a little bit because Hertz gets injured for a couple games and they lose. And then they go to obviously go to the Super Bowl and they don't win it and they lose to Mahomes. So that will kind of tarnish whatever we were going to think about that year. Like that team was all time good. And this team has a lot of the same players. And yet it's just it's not it's not working like it's not clicking statistically but they still do win all the games. <laughs> so it's kind of like, all right, like what what do we do what do you do with a team like that where the metric profile like screams slightly above average, especially on defense, especially pass defense, and yet 
and I forget who said this earlier in the week, like uh, maybe it was Whale, when a team run, when they have an unstoppable play and they're in, like literally unstoppable in short yardage, are the way that is the way that we measure teams like designed to look at a team like this and think that they're good but if they're good at this exact thing and like ruthlessly good at it so maybe they're just like a different kind of team than we normally see as opposed to being a worse team than what we normally see it's like it's just philadelphia this year is turning into this just incredibly new type of phenomenon where it's just like the team that like never loses but it's not the same as it was last year and you want to maybe take shots at them if you look at them on a sheet of paper and yet like take shots at him and like look what happens in the games. Like just look what happens at the ends of the games. It's really interesting. The the Philadelphia phenomenon. If that were a book, who writes it? The phenomenon. The the, the, the the New York phenomenon with Jalen Hurts as your as, as your, as your conductor. Yeah. Who uh who who would write the book? The Philadelphia phenomenon. Who's who's the author? Like a, like any like what we don't say what type of book it is. Is it about well, yeah, this? Like, well, like, well, that, well like, that's the title of the book. I think that's like that screams okay. to me like John Grisham or like Michael Crichton, right? The Philadelphia. Phenomenon. Oh, really? Writes the Philadelphia phenomenon. Yeah. Like uh, more, uh, more Crichton than Grisham. Like, feel, like phenomenon is like not a legal term. Like, there's nothing there. So for me, that's like Grisham's out because it's no like all like all of his books except for like the memoirs and stuff are all like just it's like very like legal. It's like here's what it is or like the Rainmaker, like something very straightforward. Could be Crichton. The the Pelican brief could be great. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a legal term. Like, it was a legal brief about the uh, the uh, extermination of an endangered species, led it's, to it's a, a murder brief. of a Supreme you Court know. justice. What an incredible <laughs> plot line! Yeah. It's, it's, it's a right. legal brief, you know, about a uh, pelicans. You know, pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. Like New Orleans, it's starring, starring. You know, like Zion Williamson and, right. and CJ yeah. McCollum. Uh, right. Okay. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. That's the Eagles and the Niners. By the way, you say, like, what do you do with this team? Uh, bet them plus three or tease them to plus eight and a half would be my answer to that question. And, well, I'm, and I'm willing to I, be I, wrong. One other thing. I know we want to do some other games and stuff maybe, but... Is I've got this, a lot of show I, I, left. All good. That's right, fair, fair enough. I was, I was thinking about this earlier, too, because I, I hadn't really prepared myself for this either. Is this what the playoffs are going to be like, too? Like, remember, I mean, last year, and again, last year, historically good team, like, by seven, seven and a half against the Giants, like, three against the Niners, as in they were, Eagles were favored in these games, and they just blasted through any market that you could make on them throughout the, those two playoff games, obviously, two blowouts. The Brock but, like, the hurt, Niners game. It, but like, yeah, two like the Niners games. game was kind of like, was kind of like it's well, I mean, like, like separate I, all I'm saying is, like, if you, if you played on them despite big numbers, you were rewarded handsomely. <laughs> I guess that's the idea. And... Are these the markets we're going to get on their postseason this year? I saw a projection. They play. I, I'm sure there are lookaheads on this game, and I'm, I'm sure I could actually find them really quickly. Right? Like Dallas is a field goal against them next week. Like Eagles are going to be a dog again. Maybe a three. Maybe a three point dog again. Is this what the playoffs is going to be like? The well, Eagles I mean, are going to be like the plucky underdogs, the team that literally I, never I, loses. Well, you know what they are. Then they're like they're like the 2017 Super Bowl team. Who are the number one seed? Yeah. Like, absolutely, they were Rodney Dangerfield going into the playoffs. Well, except Jalen Hurts is, well, I guess he's not healthy, but my point is he's going to start the games. Like, yeah. it's not, I mean, like, that that was like a, that was a bizarre situation because you did, you know, you're swapping quarterbacks. Like, what what do you do with a team that has a ton of talent? Hurts is playing. Like, they have all the players. Oh, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm willing to be way wrong here. And if the Niners hand them their asses on a silver platter, uh, I'll, I'll lose money on it, and that's okay. Uh, I'm going to bet the Eagles on Sunday, and I'll live with whatever the result is because it's just like, here's a team that never loses, and uh, now I have to... Uh, 
they can lose and I can still win, and they never lose. So, yeah, that sounds pretty appealing to me. Um, why don't we do here, Ken, a game that actually hasn't moved? I'm going to get your opinion on it. It's the Chargers-Patriots game. Actually, the, the total has moved a little bit since Rob Pizzola came on our show. We're now down to 40 and a half. It was 41. The Chargers remain a six-point road favorite at New England, despite the report that came out earlier today that Mac Jones not participating in practice, Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham splitting uh, the quarterback duties at practice. Also, the Patriots are going to sign Will Greer to their practice squad. Like, I, I, I feel like Belichick like it's like an episode of Punked. Like, is this all real? Like, what's happening? Like, are we? Is the simulation broken? Like, am I, am I in the Truman Show right now? Like, what's happening right. here? And the betting market just saw all of this and went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to lay down for a few minutes and forget about this game. Uh, Chargers, Pats, where are we at? What's your opinion? So Chargers were six, like, everywhere when we were having this conversation on Monday. It's worth noting, uh, about three or four books have dropped to five and a half on their number in the game. So there has been a, a tiny bit of interest in the Patriots, but market's been really quiet on the side. And you mentioned it, and Rob alluded to it, this bizarre push and pull on the total. Interest in the over. Rob comes on and says, that's nuts. The under gets bet a little bit. The total still starts with a four. And I just, yeah, you you talk a lot about the Chargers offense, how broken you think it is. To me, it's just like, I, I watch like every Patriots game. Man, I don't know if their total should be four. Like I could play the you know the greatest show on turf. I don't know if the total should be a four. Like I just, it's just not how the games play out. Like they're just and they're not going to be quarterbacked by anybody better than Mac Jones. Like these guys all suck. So it's just interesting. Chargers still holding six. Uh, total holding more than forty. I don't know if we're going to get a lot of movement. If we haven't if we haven't gotten it yet, and it's pretty clear Mac's not playing. We haven't gotten it yet. I don't think we're going to get it unless Cunningham starts, and then I think you would see more interest in the Chargers. All right, so there you have it. Uh, more line movement coming up to start the final hour, power hour of the show. But next hour is hour number three. We'll welcome three great guests. Eric Eager and Will Brinson giving us NFL bets for the weekend. But starting the hour will be Colin Wilson. Bets for conference championship weekend in college football.